With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am your host, Sethi. I am stylist Rashi Bindra. Elevated Grapes is a digital media hub that includes a talk show, event correspondence, and digital hosting for partner projects. The talk show which you are listening to or watching, depending on what you're doing, covers topics in fashion, business, and lifestyle. We regularly have incredible guests that share their stories, their experiences, and tips on the above topics. And when we don't, you get to hear how we talk to each other off air. So subscribe to your favorite streaming site, YouTube, and Instagram for behind the scenes and additional visual content. Let's jump right into the show. Welcome to Elevated Dreams. This is the Elevated Grapes Podcast. Elevated Grapes Podcast. With your host, Seth. Your host, Seth. And stylist, oh, yeah. Fashion Pendra. It's time to get started. Let's talk fashion, shall we? Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Elevated Grapes. I am your <laughs> host, Sethi. Thank you. And this is stylist Rashi Bindra. Um, so we start this episode off on a bit of a, um, a tragic note. No. Yeah, tragic note. Uh, an industry icon has recently passed away. And if you are uh, on any sort of social media or on any newswire, you have definitely seen this or heard about it. Uh, but Virgil Abloh, uh, the creative director with Louis Vuitton and CEO founder of Off-White, uh, passed away at the age of 41, tragically. And uh, we want to spend a couple of minutes to just sort of honor his work uh specifically in the fashion industry but even so more more uh globally in you know creative industries uh ranging from music and graphic and so on and so forth so um you know just uh we want to make sure that we we share our thoughts and prayers and wishes and, and just celebrate some of the great work that he's done yeah i mean he's he's such a legend already right like it's it, i mean before this tragic incident happened, he had already become a legend within the um, fashion world and fashion circles. And literally, I mean, at the age of 40, 41, to be compared to Carl, to, to, to be compared to Carl um, Lagerfeld and to be said that he is the Carl of our, our time and generation, that is such a huge accomplishment because what Carl has achieved, you know, um, Virgil has pretty much has pretty much achieved that. And to be the creative artistic director of Louis Vuitton in 2018 and now, and to see, I mean, if you follow the brand, just to see the changes in the design and the runways, how how everybody feels they can own a piece of that luxury, but still keep it very high end is all because of, of him, really. So it was a bit of a shock to hear that. that it was and if you're on again, if you're on any sort of social media, I mean, you saw uh, an outpour of of sort of love, respect, and and people showing their 
their uh, condolences to him from fashion industry icons to music icons uh, to, your, you know, sort of like your your newspaper pages and, and so on and so forth. I mean, it was, it was across the board. Let's just take a, a minute here just to kind of give a quick synopsis and background of some of his amazing work and his history. So um, just reading this in from the Business Insider, uh, their post on Instagram, it's, in 2009, he began a six-month internship at Fendi in Rome alongside Kanye West. Uh, Louis Vuitton CEO Michael Burke once told the New Yorker Times that he was impressed with Abloh and Wes and how they brought the whole new vibe to the studio, uh, which was disruptive in the best way. I mean, we all know Kanye is, you know, he's not, he's a creative through and through. He's not anyone who runs by the, you know, by the book. He does things his own way, does things different. And that's really what made him uh, into the the megastar that he was and, and sort of the icon that he, he is uh, today. Um, and obviously you put, you know, a creative like Virgil and him together and uh, you're going to, you're going to get some magic for sure. Yeah. And, you know, he's also, I mean, the fact that he brought streetwear into luxury, like, yes, he didn't, in, like, he didn't invent luxury streetwear, but the fact that he was able to turn streetwear into a luxury household item, a name that everybody wanted it, um, you know, to also be one of the very, very, very few Black designers at, like, owning a fashion house. Like, you are yeah. literally you know, taking the reins of a, a major fashion house and pushing it to a whole different level. I mean, how many people at the age of 40 can, and or, you know, 40, 41 can, can say that they've, they've done that in their career. So it's, um, yeah. he, I mean, I firmly believe that he has inspired us to, to, to aspire to want more in life, to do more, create more, push more. And he's done that, right? He's, push that he's proven that to like all of us so it's almost like we can really really dream bigger and bigger and actually go 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 do it so um <clears throat> it was uh it, it was very sad that it happened so if we add to that i mean 2018 obviously becoming the creative director of of louis vuitton menswear was huge uh, but just mm-hmm. prior to that in 2017 was also quite uh, a big year for him he announced a collaborative exhibition with uh, a major artist uh, takashi murakami at the uh, Gagosian, and they opened his first New York store and collaborated with uh, Warby Parker, Jimmy Choo, and released a shoe with Nike. So, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it, Louis Vuitton was obviously like his his flagship sort of role, but he was no stranger to working with brands and teaming up with some of the best uh, brands in the industry. And again, for someone to reach that that scale uh, of you know working with partnerships and brands like that I mean, really mm-hmm. got to speak to his his creative ability his obviously I mean he's got to be a, a personal guy too I mean you and I obviously we, didn't, we don't know him personally but you know just hearing about him from the you know in, in conversations with our friends in the industry I mean clearly this guy has been uh, a force to be reckoned with just made made head waves uh, early on in his career and then obviously led him to where he was with Louis Vuitton. Yeah, and, you know, um, he actually was last seen in um, Qatar in, in, in UAE at the, at the moment because of his, um, he was working on his exhibition, I believe. Um, and this, this tragic incident happened and I think nobody knew that he was uh, battling cancer uh, to the point that his life was taken away. And he was very young, guys, like 40, 41, like we all know people that age and we don't think of them as old right of course apparently apparently um 
40s is the new 30s. So it is uh, very hard to comprehend that he was so young and and this unfortunate incident happened. But I would like to, um, you know, I would like to say that to look at his work and his life as a form of inspiration for not only in any, if you are in the creative industry, but more or less anything you do, like, you know, be different, be original, think differently, and then actually go and do it, even though it could be very difficult to do it. Don't follow the rules. He didn't follow the rules. If he followed the rules, he wouldn't be where he was. Just don't follow them. Trust me, rules are meant to be broken. And he actually did that. So let's just look at it that way. Rashi's <laughs> Rashi's sort of plug for <laughs> I guess her whole life. <laughs> don't follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I could I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> um, all the rules. So, so just a, cu- a couple of quick things I do want to point out. I mean, so his his brand Off White, um, you know, they worked with Nike and Jordan, so they they you know they they did some collaborations there. Outside of that, I mean, outside of fashion, he was very entrenched in the music world. Again, if you mm-hmm. uh, just even do a quick search on on Instagram for his name, and you'll see almost every artist uh, in sort of the hip hop community uh, have some sort of connection to him or some sort of experience with him he's actually worked uh, outside of fashion i guess his you know his creativity brought him to the to the forefront of uh, album cover design and work with a lot of these artists so he's done a lot of work on obviously has a good relationship with kanye but you know he helped he was involved in creating the album covers or uh, designed actually uh by him for kanye's uh, 808 and heartbreak uh my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh kanye's Jesus. The Watch the Throne cover was created by him. That was Jay-Z and Kanye's iconic album. Uh, Kanye's uh, Good Music, Cruel Summer. Uh, he also made the album for Lil Uzi Vert's Love is Rage 2. He also made the album for ASAP Rocky, Long Live ASAP. He's made an album for Kid Cudi called Wizard. Uh, he's made an album for Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Um, Two Chains, based on a true story. Uh, Pusha T, my name is... My name, Big Sean, Dark Sky Paradise, uh, West Side Gun, Pray for Paris. Um, you know, it, <laughs> there's a there's a list I'm looking at here that just continues on, and I don't want to. You know, we're not going to spend the whole show talking about every album cover, but I mean, clearly you see how how engaged and entrenched he is in the hip hop community, and so his his work goes well beyond fashion and and sort of spans across different industries in the creative worlds, and because of that, you know, much respected right across those different industries yeah and the fact that he's he's also like mentioned in like lyrics like he's also mentioned in like these hip-hop lyrics right like yep i i don't know if i should be the one saying those like lyrics like bring it in really no you know what i mean so like okay i'm gonna just like read like so guys i am reading this so please mind me one of them yeah these are not my lyrics i'm gonna try and be as authentic you know to it like if I want Louis bags, what I'm calling Virgil Fast, ASAP Rocky Ghost Remix. So he's in there, guys. That's see that 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 wasn't so bad. Um, yeah, you did pretty well. Virgil got Patak on my wrist doing front flips. That was Drake uh, on Life Is Good. What you mean? Why am I wearing Louis? Can't you see Virgil's in the office? Skepta Bet the song's Bet. I think the song's called Bet, guys. So there you go. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> I'm that's trying. Skepta. Uh, um, 
Virgil with the Louis, and it's out of France. Offset, Maidman. There yeah. you go. The Louis, 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 of this. Louis V. Like I'm Virgil, got the all white. So I mean, there he's playing on his on his uh, Louis Vuitton relationship off-white. and an off white yeah. relationship. Uh, and that was from the Lucy Vert. Then we have Virgil was sending me drip just to see if I liked it or rocking with it. Young yeah. Todd, surf. Virgil just chef me a whole different colorway. Little baby gonna Drake on never recover. So again, I mean, like he's it. You know, constant shout outs to various different artists. I mean, he's he's obviously an, a force we reckon with. So again, you know, celebrating. Uh, his life, uh, mourning uh, an icon in the industry, and you know, just uh, just much respects and mm-hmm. love goes out to uh, a guy who can just wasn't there, to, like you said, to follow the rules and and make his own laneway uh, for what he wanted to do and the impact he wanted to have on the industry. And clearly, he has it. He has absolutely. So, um, yeah, rest in power and rest in peace, Virgil Ablo. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so the this episode, uh, outside of that, we're going to be sort of doing a recap of our photographer series that just ended. Uh, we had some incredible photographers. I think what we'll do is we'll probably just give a quick list and then we'll go into a quick break uh, and then come back and start off in, in a quick recap of, of the different artists, but uh, the photographers. But we had uh, F. Scott Schaefer uh, as our first uh portion of our photographer series followed by jason bell followed by a uh, good friend ara coots uh, good friend uh, rakesh sedana and then uh industry icon ted Bel- belton so again if you missed any of those definitely go back and let's re-listen to to those episodes uh, all of them brought some incredible insight to the industry from various different perspectives and and how they approach the industry and and make their own laneways uh in the work that they're doing uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and we're going to do a, a quick synopsis of, of all the different conversations we had. This is Elevated Grapes on Ruckus Avenue Radio and DashRadio.com. Hey everyone, this is Stylist Rashi Bindra. Do not forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, uh, all your streaming sites, uh, YouTube. We are also on Facebook. Just type in Elevated Grapes and you can find us. Welcome back to Elevator Grapes. This is your host Sethi and stylist Rashi Bindra. Sorry, I just I jumped right in. I just went. I just went at it. Where did yeah, the intro in the beginning? I don't. We don't need to do the whole. You know. Shebang. 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 So as we were saying, we're gonna have a conversation and do a quick wrap up of our conversations with the <clears throat> amazing guests we had in our photographer series. Uh, and we'll start off with F. Scott Schaefer. He was our first guest on the photographer series. Uh, and a great guest to start off with, just given uh, his his clout in the industry. Yeah, and you know, I think what I really liked about Scott, um, one guy, he was he he's very good looking. I just want to throw that out, ladies, in there. He's just just eye candy. If you guys want to go back and see our like episode on it, feel free. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do remember you being a little bit uh, shaky in that conversation. Yes, I think we had me being shaky in quite a few of our 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 guests at these series uh not gonna lie there fully admit i really that. hope that mr schaefer is currently listening so he knows <laughs> what took place when he wasn't listening right and those notes i passed to him like oh my god lol he's cute <laughs> yes yes you were very excited about his uh looks uh and while well, we were trying to have a serious conversation about his work 
and his and his accomplishments. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> Let's talk about his work and his accomplishments. <laughs> and some of, so he's worked with people such as Barack Obama, Stephen Colbert, Mark Zuckerberg, Pink. Uh, he's worked for <laughs> companies such as HBO, Paramount Pictures, Universal Pictures, Intel. Um, you know, uh, list goes on and on. But you know, just to give a quick snapshot of some of the iconic companies and uh, people in the world, influential people in the world that he's I mean, worked with. He was more portrait, right? And I think one of right. our and one of our, our conversations, which I think sparked our, and I think it was a great way to have all the different 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 photographers in our series was um, Scott wasn't if our our regular fashion photographer or a yes. lifestyle photographer. He was very portrait. He was into the um, movie world, so yes. that's why he had a. He, and I mean, he did do celebrities and artists, you know, like I mean, like 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 Pink and all of that, but. He focused on actors. He focused on, you know, doing portraits of people that were like almost like entrepreneurs or who were making an impact in their own way in different like industries. But he worked heavily into the Hollywood industry. He's even based in L.A. And I remember we were having this conversation and I asked him um, first. I mean, he does start he does define what a portrait photographer is compared to a commercial or a fashion photographer. And then one of the other things I really liked about him was when I asked him, you know, so why not fashion, right? Like, I mean, we do talk about fashion so much on our podcast. So I asked him, like, but why didn't you want to go into fashion? And and he, you know, very openly said that um, it is a very catty and competitive industry, but um, it had not excited him as much. And as much as I love fashion, obviously, it was also refreshing to hear that, that because it is a fact, it's true. And I think, you know, um, as a photographer, as a photographer to come into something like, 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 like that profession and to openly know it from a young age and say, this is not a field I want to go into, but I want to make my mark here. And he's, and he's done that. So I definitely respect him so much for that. And the fact that he was very focused in what he wanted to do and he, and he did it. So that's, I think, one of the biggest takeaways from Scott, for sure. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And, and like you said, like he he's one of the, the, the guys that kind of, like as you mentioned, stayed away from fashion just because he found his passion elsewhere. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and you find that with, with creatives and in industries, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a creative videographer that may say, you know what, I, my my passion is, is shooting uh, music videos versus movies. Like they just love doing that. Or photographers who like to shoot, for example, you know, wildlife and nature versus you know portraits and or fashion. So I mean, he just found his his space, and he's made quite an incredible name for himself, given where you know where where he chose to be and what mm-hmm. what sort of life drew him. So so again, we you know it's 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 great to hear stories like that too. How do you how do you compare or contrast him to um, sort of the kind of work? that Jason Bell did. And the reason I bring that up is because Jason Bell also is no, uh, no, um, stranger to, to, you know, the entertainment space and celebrities Mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of work there. So, you know, similar worlds to a degree or crossover between the two. So how do you compare those two in terms of the type of work they do? Not in terms of, I'm not talking about like they're they're like how good they are because they're both incredible, but just in terms of what the space that they're in, in the industry. I think their perspectives were like very different, you know, I mean, um, I think Scott had a more, I wouldn't say laid back, we kind of just 
kind of took things as it came and made his mark in there. I think with Jason, I think, you know, also with Jason, he knew from a very kind of young age that this is the world he wanted to go into. But um, he, you know, got his footing uh, after he moved, I believe. If I if, if I remember our conversation well, yeah. correctly, he yep. moved so from he, he London actually- to like New York. You got it. He was in university studying uh, politics, philosophy, economics, actually at Oxford. Uh, and he graduated that. But then, you know, photography was his passion. And that's the, the direction mm-hmm. he led in. I mean, so obviously he's quite well educated in, in you know, in very impressive fields. Um, and, you know, his, his creativity and passion of the world of photography and portrait photography as well. And that's why I sort of I wanted to bring up that that that. Mm-hmm. comparison um is where he just can he took his life in his direction like that's the direction he took it yeah and and i think with jason also as you know like you like he moved to new york knowing it was not going to be a cakewalk right mm-hmm. and um but at the time these guys were in the industry in the field it was very different it was also a little bit easier to, to get your foot in the door in terms of like getting your 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 foot in the door with the vogue or like vanity fair and all of that stuff right it was not as how things are today um but like he did end up doing a lot of celebrities he became friends with a lot of them um and again, he went back into doing, you know, campaigns for Hollywood. But I think the difference between him and Scott is I, th- I feel like Jason had more of that balance of doing the celebrity work and doing the portraits for magazines and all of that, while Scott was more into doing portraits of people of like obviously like influential people and stuff, but not necessarily focused on like getting the vote or the Vanity Fair or the, you know, um, L or like whatever the case is and I think that's where they two differ in terms of what they bring to the to the industry but again both of them are extremely extremely talented people yeah and then then you'll find that Jason that he also did a lot of work as you mentioned in in film so many shot Mm -hmm. with uh, tv campaigns uh some major banners on Netflix the crown uh the revenant uh the Danish girl stars outlander and power um, uh, Billy Elliot about a boy, Love Actually, Bridget Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, like again, pretty impressive. I like yeah. Love Actually. It's been one of my favorite movies. Did you watch just... um, Love Hard? The new I one on Netflix? Did. No. Yes, I did. I did. I did. So it's funny how they talk about Love Actually, whether it's actually a, a holiday movie. Uh, or not. Uh, yeah, I know. But I still watch it every holiday. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's a holiday movie, but it's the same question. Like, is... is um, What's that other one? Die, is Die Hard a holiday movie to you? I don't know. Die Hard is not a holiday movie to me. Like, I wouldn't necessarily... Conversation is you know, This conversation is finished right now. No, but like, like a... It's shot... Listen, it's in, a movie. It's shot during Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Uh, feel good at the end? Yeah. You need to watch it again. Maybe, but like... I don't know. Like I would still choose love, actually. But again, you are talking to someone who actually questioned why are they not thriller Christmas movies? Like why not during Christmas you have like the Conjuring Part Five happening? Well, you have it can, you have Die well, Hard. Ghosts so can happen in Christmas. You have Die Hard, so why can't that be your thriller Christmas movie? I'm just saying, why can't my doors, you know, fling open and the ghost of this one comes up and like all of that should happen during well, they have the holidays? It, cartoon version, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Like, like, like in real life. 
you know i don't know i mean I'm like sure the haunted is. house of like you know somebody like why isn't it the haunted house of like the elves or something like that yeah maybe 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 there's something out there but it's just not as popular you you're going off topic here let's focus on dark <laughs> and love actually those are <laughs> as far as i'm concerned christmas movies and they should not be discounted as any as anything less back to jason bell <laughs> yeah that this, this whole conversation just went to hold hold it needed, way. <laughs> it needed to happen so well, yeah, Jason also did Dune, by the way. You 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 do know that, right? He did the campaign, like the the movie poster yeah. campaign for the like, Dune. He shot. I mean, yeah. and that's it. Like he shot he shot a lot of work in the film industry. Um, so again, mm-hmm. outside the fashion world, outside just you know your your standard celebrity and portraits. He so he he sort of that, and that's what I liked. I mean, what not like, but what was differentiating to me from him with him versus F. Scott Schaefer. Yeah, Scott, F. Scott Schaefer did a lot of influential people. Jason was a little more entrenched in in the in the film and Hollywood industries. Um, but then he also shot campaigns again, so mm-hmm. different than than shooting fashion, like putting a movie poster together and shooting for it's that. It's very different. It's yeah. very different, and we've all seen pretty epic movie posters. Uh, and you know, if you look, if you think back to some of the ones that he, they're talking about here, like the Crown, like you know, I can picture that that campaign or that that photo in my mind. So again, pretty epic, epic shot that he he took there. So again, you know, incredible work from from that perspective. I'm going to jump a little bit only because he was somewhat involved in. Uh, and, and not not was, but is also somewhat involved in film, is uh, uh, Rakesh Sedana, which is a good friend to mm-hmm. you too. Uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's obviously a little bit more, um, it's global. He's, he does stuff in, in, in the US, Canada, and, and India. So, I mean, he has he has that exposure out there in, mm-hmm. in India as well. Uh, for our listeners that are listening out there, I mean, you'll, you'll, uh, you should look up Rakesh Sedana because you've probably seen some of his work and, and some of the things that you've seen out there. But, you know, again, another, another, contact of ours or, or, or guest of ours that you know is a photographer but also has done some work not only in fashion and and with uh celebrities but also in film yeah he is and he still does that right so and so he i think when we spoke with him he was was he in toronto at the time i'm trying to recall if he was here when we spoke i don't think he was who Rakesh? yeah 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 yeah. he was he was at the he time was okay in yeah yeah we were like I know because he's back and forth. I remember, yeah, I remember teasing him about his whiskey or scotch without the oysters or some something like that, like something right. ridiculous like that. Yeah, um, no, he's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, see, there's a reason I should not bring my friends on the show. Then it becomes like an inside joke, and then people are just like, "What are these weirdos talking about?" I'm pretty sure people think about that with you on any, any conversation. Absolutely not. I'm an amazing person. Doesn't mean you don't say weird things. I don't say anything weird. Okay, during this entire conversation, what what, what weird things did I say? Many. Just because I don't one. pick on them, just because I don't pick on them, doesn't mean they're not weird. Pick pick one. I would like you to go back and listen to this conversation. I think you'll find them yourself. <laughs> I I'm just I'm I don't think I said anything. That so was we're gonna weird. take a quick break right here. Rash, she's gonna rack her brain about what she does and says that's <laughs> weird, and then we'll come back and she can help you pinpoint one of them by herself. This is <laughs> Elevated Grapes on Ruckus Avenue Radio and DashRadio.com. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's your host Sethi. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe to our Instagram channel at Elevated Grapes. Now back to our show. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Elevated Grapes with your host, Sethi, and I'll let you do your own name this time. Rashi Styles. That's it. Well, then, I'm glad you knew that. So we were talking <laughs> about 
uh, the guests that we had so far in the photographer series. And before we left for break, we were just touching on our friend Rakesh Sedana. So just a quick high-level bio uh, for those that didn't get a chance to hear his episode. Obviously, we encourage you to go listen to each and every episode because you'll find insight from all of them that are quite relevant to the industry. And they, they come from such varying different perspectives that uh, you'll, you know, you're going to get a nice takeaway from each of them. But so Rakesh is an international photographer and film director. Uh, He has worked uh, in fashion, fitness and wellness. His clients include Harley Davidson, Lucenza Ford, uh, international fashion designer, South Asian fashion designer, Mish Malhotra. Uh, He's worked with Canon, Jack Daniels, and he's been published in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, uh, Pump and Elegant magazines. He travels a lot between North America and India, and he does a lot of work in the film industry as well. He's also been the photographer mm-hmm. for the Miss India Miss India pageant, uh, and a, that's you know a role reserved for the top photographers in India. And his notable work includes the series "I Own My Body" and "Intimacy." Talk about that a little bit because he did spend some time in that because he, he's very he's very active in the yoga and meditation worlds too. He's very spiritual in his own yes, way. Yes, very spiritual. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, I mean, like, like, I have so much to say because he's literally one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Like, we'll have Speak up random- or forever hold your truth. <laughs> Listen, man, I have very few favorite people. If you guys know you, you are my favorite, it's, it's shown and you know. And if you are not my favorite, you are also very well aware of that. I'm very open about these things in life. Yes. But, but yet you're he not is... How am I typical? Difficult. I think yes. I tell... But oh, yeah, difficult. Not Absolutely not. I I think by telling people where they stand in my life, I'm actually doing them a favor and making life easy for everybody. See? Okay. Continue on, Rakesh. Okay. Yeah, so he's actually one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Like, I love talking to him in random conversations, like, every day or every other day. And I think, yes, we did touch quite a bit on his photography, how he views it, um, why, you know, the rawness is shown in his photos. But I I also want to, like, I also do want to highlight and point out that I think it's his mindset, you know, like one of the things he said, which really, which again made me re-look at how I see things as well as like, he's like, but I don't understand why this chaos on set, right? I, I don't understand why there's stress on set. We are here to create a photo. We are here to yes. create a we, we are here to create. We are here to create a beautiful moment. And you know, that point really stuck to me because every time I I would go on set or I would, you know, work on a shoot or what whatever the case is, there was always this frantic energy, right? Yes. It's like, oh my God, this has to be done, this has to be done. And if if it's not perfect, blah, blah, blah. And when we did the interview with him and he made that point and that again like stuck with me following that when I was doing certain projects and certain work and even you know um even as a co-stylist or like a assistant stylist sometimes it, does, it gets very stressful because there's a lot on you as well to 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 do and what he said was just stick in my mind and I realized I was bringing that the calmness in everything that I started to do, that things were going smoothly. Like it was hectic and crazy in the sense that we had a lot to do, but it wasn't like like before. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like 
having nerves and like all of that stuff. It was just more like, okay, like this has to be done. Okay, we don't have this shirt. We like we will get the top. You know what I mean? Um, we did like a music video recently last last week, and it was a little bit hectic. It was it was a different team I was working with, um, on a professional level, all of that stuff, and they were bringing in so much frantic energy, and I at some point had to be like, okay, I'm taking care of this. Everybody just go on set and let me just do what I'm supposed to do. And the rest of the day just went smoothly. And I think they started to see that calmness that was coming in. And it was a beautiful day at the, you know, I mean? like it was 14 hours. It was beautiful. And the, and the clips that we saw were so gorgeous. So yeah. So to his point, um, I think because of his, of the way he met, uh, I, I think because of the way he looks at the world of meditation, yoga, and he brings that into art, his art's very raw and real. And he creates for the sake of creating for himself. And I think he does it for the passion guys, first. And that shows that shows yeah. in his work, right? Um, and we all have jobs that we have to do in this field, right? Like we all do yeah. jobs that are, it's just a job. We're creating, but it's a job at the end of the day. And then there are times when you're creating because it's what you want to do. You want to tell that story. And I think he had, he had articulated that very simply and very beautifully in, mm-hmm. in the interview. And speaking of that, one of our other guests, Ara, which we'll, which we'll get into, she heard what he said. And she was like, holy shit, he's so right. Especially the part about photographers should not you know, do work for free because you're just ruining the industry. Because and you're taking away from a from a from a, another photographer that sense of value, right? And that was like a whole different discussion. And and I know I'm going off point, like like no, no, bit, it's fine I'm because we're, like, we have to, we're going to touch on Ara too. And the interesting thing about Ara is her take was almost a little bit from a different perspective on the whole conflict on set and resolving conflict when it comes to mm-hmm. bringing different creatives together. Because she was talking about the the process leading up to the shoot and how sometimes mm-hmm. you know the the conflicts sometimes begin there. And, and sometimes can be resolved there because you can air out those conflicts before you get on set. So it's gone. It's out of the way. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, interesting like, because they, she did touch on a, a similar topic, but she looked at it from, well, people are going to, and it's natural because you have different creative people there with different mm-hmm. visions and different ways to see uh, a project working out. And so when you, when you get into a conversation, sometimes it, there can be conflict because one person is going to look at it one way and the other person is going to look at it another way. And sometimes it's nice because you get a lot of that flushed out in those pre-conversations and her process really sort of is built for that, that she was ex- explaining yeah. to us. Yeah. And you know what? The fact of the matter is no matter how amazing of an artist you are, whether you're a photographer, you're a stylist, you are uh, you are a designer, you're like a DJ, you are a painter. Like no matter what type of artist you are, you are an artist because you are telling your story very differently than somebody else, right? So your perspective is different. Um, when you're in a room full of other creative people, there will always be some sort of conflict. There will, like, like you, you will initially start at that point because you both are seeing things on a different perspective. You may want the same end. You may want the same end to that story, but initially you will see differently, right? And then if it, it all comes down to if you guys can start seeing it from a different, like from, from sorry, if, if you guys can start seeing it from, from each other's perspective, but then bring your own uniqueness Absolutely. to it. Yeah. You know? and and, I think that's one of the great things about all our photographers in this series. 
And Ara's perspective on that is really interesting too, because she was a team lead or is a team lead and has been for quite some mm-hmm. time. And so she brings together different different creatives, you know, writers, photographers, designers, editors, et cetera, et cetera. So she's heard on, you know, a, a numerous projects from the different different perspectives on how that project can be taken or how yeah. it can work. And then so now when she's a photographer or just, you know, solely focused on that side of it, she can still come to it uh, from a business perspective and understand the different aspects of it and the different people's takes on it and help to navigate that conversation and flow. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I admire about her, right, is that um, she brings in that business element sometimes and again because we're 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 friends and we've you know we've worked very closely with each other and you know like we also said on the podcast we almost broke up but we didn't (laughs) um sometimes you kind of have to have that relationship with the people you work with where you can say that okay we have to back off this conversation or we have to say okay you're coming in from a from from just one way of like looking at it um you know so now like like for example in the case when I want to work on a project with Ara um sometimes we'll just have an idea we'll have an evening where we're just having a glass of wine watching fashion shows letting ideas flow and we'll walk away from it and we'll come back to it like two weeks later or like a week later and if that's still what we want to do then we know like it is something that we both both care about we are yeah and we both seen the end in some way right yeah versus just like going headstrong and then starting to like get on each other's nerves because again like you said she's a team lead um she you know she is someone who takes charge of everything and then there are other creatives in her life who also are in a similar position so I think that's also one of the things that you start learning when to allow someone to take the lead when to step back you know all of those fun absolutely things that are that, that do happen in the corporate world but I think we still have that black and white, you know, mindset where it's 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 okay in the crop in in the corporate world because it's corporate. It's nine to five. There's a suit and tie yes. involved, even though that even though that role has changed as well. But then for some reason, the 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 artist people were like these hippies, right? Where we just walk around and just say, and we just love everybody. Like yep. we do love like love everyone. But we also have our same you know structures and hierarchies and things like that and also thing with Ara is that she was the only female photographer on our podcast this time that's right um woman of color so I love that obviously and I love the um her perspective as a mom that she 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 brought into to this conversation so so yeah, yeah definitely sort of one of my favorites around the, you know being being having a family chasing her passion and being uh, a success at it. And then also, you know, she's also one that same thing, like, you know, she wants to choose the right project. She's not just going to do a project for the sake of doing a project, which a lot of people unfortunately get caught up in is I'm going to do this gig. I'm going to do this event. I'm going to shoot this shoot. I'm going to take this campaign just because it's something to put on the resume, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing for your resume. Like she's very selective about the type of work she takes. Yeah. And I, and you know, um, that's, one of the things she said, and I think, and I know that you and I really appreciated that about her. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I had it. I had, it was on the tip of my tongue, and then we were just talking about it, and it slipped away. But um, 
I think Rashi says, as I mentioned earlier before our last break. So we'll take a break on that note as well. And then we're going to come back. Uh, just, again, you just proved my point, but thank you. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. Come back. Come back. And we're going to talk about uh, our last uh, guest in this series who's worked with the likes of Vidal Media Cosmetics, uh, Dior, uh, Rimmel London. Uh, he's worked with the Times Magazine. He's worked with... Uh, uh, you know, pr- companies such as the Global Oh, Mail. yes, Ara. I just oh talked about my point to her. Sorry, guys. Yes. So, so Ara... Totally was giving I a summary there, and uh, I just totally got cut off. Sorry, I'm sorry. It, it came back Rolling Stone. So, Ara, basically, <laughs> for all the women out there especially, and for yeah. anybody, any, and I'm talking anybody, I don't care how old you are, anybody, Ara only started her journey in 2018. Just for the record, guys, she's my age. So we are in our mid-30s. So you don't have to start something in your 20s. You can literally be in your 30s and your 40s and start. If you feel that is your passion, that's something you want to do, you do have to be prepared to make some sacrifices and put in the hard work. Because just because you're 40 or 35 or you know 39 does not mean if you start that, things will come easier to you, actually. It's not. But... So she is an example of you can start something later on in life and, and be very good at it. So to everybody out there, but I will say to especially the women, especially the brown women, because I know we're all coming out of this stereotypical gender shit, um, hear her podcast, follow your dreams, and don't follow the rules. Okay, sorry. Now you, you, you can continue with Ted. Sorry about that. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about Ted Belton. You don't want to miss this one because he was uh... – Guy's pretty cool. amazing. Yeah, done some great work. So we'll come back and talk about that. This is Elevated Grapes on Ruckus Avenue Radio and Dash Radio.com. Hey guys, it's your host Sethi. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Elevated Grapes. Cheers and let's continue the show. Elevated Grapes. Welcome back. This is Elevated Grapes with your host Sethi and she styles. I thought I would be leading us in because when we have guests, you'll be like, okay. You lead us in. And I'm like, dude, why? Like, normally you do it all the time. <laughs> well, because why do I have to, like, lead us in? usually with our guests, they get the floor a little bit more. And then when it's when they're not around, you know, Rashi has the floor to say whatever she wants, as she wants, and as how long she wants. So, I'll bring in the intro and then allow you to just, you know, run loose like you usually do. <laughs> loose like literally when you said that all i could think of was the things are like what 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 do you do you even listen to yourself when you talk (laughs) listen i said run because that's what you said right and then all i'm thinking is of phoebe from friends you know in in that episode where she and if you uh, were running that's probably how you would look no but i'm just saying that's what she was like running like this like yeah, yeah, and I'm just, like, I know the episode, and that's what I'm saying to you. I think I think if anybody had to picture you running, that's how they would probably picture you running. But I don't run like that. I'm pretty sure you do, guys. I'm a very normal, tamed person in life. I don't understand where all these misconceptions about me come. Well, if they're if they're, if they're common thoughts, then they're not misconceptions. <laughs> if we were to do a survey, weird? I'm pretty sure that that majority of people would think what I'm thinking. Can we think just have I'm a saying. vote? Like, 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 can we just have our listeners like to vote on this? 
I personally think I'm a normal sane person. I see nothing wrong with what I say and what I do and how I go about life. I just, yeah, I decided to go down a different path in life. And nobody's, saying, nobody, nobody's saying anything about that. It's great. It's great that you're choosing your passion. That's fantastic. But how does that make me weird? It's not that, it's not that, that makes you weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how am I weird. You know, so I'm a Belt- nice friend in general. We're supposed to be talking about Ted. And he's so cute. So this was another conversation where I had to keep Rashi at bay and be like, listen, dude, calm down and focus on the conversation. She couldn't She couldn't even put a sentence together in this conversation. That's actually true. If you guys go back and hear the podcast, Hilarious. I kind of did, you know. Shy up a little bit in front of she was, him. She was trying to say things, and words were not coming out of her mouth. And I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I think this is what she's trying to ask here. Not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure this is a question because we had it written down, so I had some idea. But those are, those are not the words that Rashi was using. <laughs> I couldn't help it. He was, he was just so adorable as a human being. You know, he's cute. He's good looking. He's accomplished. You know what's we really had, interesting? He was, he was we featured. had things in common, though. He's published in Dazed and Confused, and that was the look that you had the whole time. <laughs> How long were you waiting to say that? I just, I just, I was looking at a description of something we wrote about him, and I just saw Dazed and Confused, and I said that was actually the perfect way to describe your sentiment that whole episode. Okay, okay. So to all our our loyal listeners, and to those who are Team Rashi, if you just go back and hear Ted and just see how cute he is, you won't blame me for this. And you will also notice that him and I are very similar. So Ted, if you're listening, uh, I'll pass you my number. I'm I'm totally single. So just I thought you guys were in conversation and keeping in touch. Okay, I was being professional. Okay. But now, but now time has passed. Like time has passed. I think it's an, it's an appropriate amount of time that has passed. So we're and we encourage you to reach out and and slide into Rashi's DMs. I know, right? Like, totally do. Look, look, what just happened to you? <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about his work a little bit. Poor Ted. So again, so Ted? published in international internationally in the Rolling Stone, uh, dazed and confused. The Times Magazine, El Decor, behind the blinds. Uh, he was also a contributor to Al Canada, the Globe and Mail, Men's Fashion, S Magazine, and he all his clients include these are such incredible names: Nespresso, Anheuser Busch, mm-hmm. uh, VDL Cosmetics, Dior, Rimmel London, and so you know he's he's no stranger in, in all these different communities. Uh, his work obviously speaks for itself. Uh, and he's uh, he has a commitment to supporting Canadian local culture um, with the economy with much of his work. So let's talk a little bit about that, if you recall that conversation, because he is he's quite an advocate for for Canadian talent. He is, and he felt very strongly about it. Um, I also think I I think um, one of the things I really enjoyed about his conversation was he was he was very open about why he I think wanted. Um, locals to shine right like he he saw so much talent amongst people and i think he was given all those like opportunities as well as he got into this industry because he 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 was an actor turned photographer right see i was paying attention you know um and uh i think that's where that part of him comes but i what i also really appreciated about our conversation was his honesty in terms of as creatives the highs and lows that they go through 
And a lot of creatives don't know how to accept it and don't know how to talk about it because it's kind of like, yes, you know, we are doing all these things and we, we asked for it and we want it, but it burns us out because, you know, like they say, when, when it rains, it pours, right? So sometimes you're getting everything at one time. How do you say no? And then when you start saying no and that lull period comes, it can get very like depressing, you know, and then you start like questioning yourself. So I think what I really, like one of our conversations was I really loved how he gave a very honest take on it. And I also think um, one of the other conversations or the other segments uh, that, you know, we should really go back and, and listen to is how you work with your stylist, how you work with your hair and makeup. Because his approach was very team-oriented and how that thing, but he was also yeah. very honest, right? He was just like, okay, well, you know, this is what the stylist may want, but I need to talk to that person. I need to talk to my team to know what we can and cannot achieve. And, you know, him, what I, and he, for him, like, like photographing that jacket was about the jacket, the emotion yes. that jacket brings, you know, telling that story. And that was something that not a lot of photographers touched on in terms of the fashion thing, what the product meant, right? Like they were talking about the overall, like, 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 like the like the overall photo, basically, mm-hmm. what they were trying to achieve, which is great and it's good. And you need and to like, see the And his picture. thing was, how do I sell this jacket? Yeah, like and because he's like, this jacket is what's paying my bills, right? This jacket is what's making me the money. Because of this jacket, I have a team. You know what I mean? Like he put yes. that aspect together, and that was a very refreshing conversation to have with him. So definitely, um, I would encourage people to go back and also like listen to that podcast, obviously, but but those segments of it that are very blunt honest and hard-hitting what i also really liked is that he he was kind of raw and real and that i didn't choose photography there was no major you know like not like the not this like epic story behind how i got into photography it just kind of you know he's kind of like i it fell into my lap right and he just rolled like my it. headphone yeah yeah uh it, it just kind of rolled with it and that was his and that was his story behind it because we asked him you know like why photography how did he get into this and that's mm-hmm. what he said there was no there's no profound story behind how it happened to him it just sort of happened yeah and he's become so successful like if you absolutely you know see his just what he puts out on instagram you're just like holy shit how is he doing it yep so um, so again overall i think you know all of the guests that we have had on the photographer series so you know F. Scott Schaefer, Jason Bell, Ara Rakish, and and Ted, uh, all of them again. You know, from from the beginning of this show, we've talked about just varying different perspectives, and we've sort of shined light on some of them. But you really want to, if you're interested in that world and you're interested in in photography, not just from a fashion perspective, but but in general, you're really gonna you know want to listen to these different folks because they're experts in the area. They've all had a huge sense of accomplishment. They've they've made major laneways in their in their own like in in the photography world, uh, and again from different perspectives. Um, but they all come at it from a very different perspective too, and found mm-hmm. ways to be successful. So one is obviously tells you there's no one way to do it. If, mm-hmm. if it's something that you're gonna you're gonna want to do, you find a way to do it. Um, but again, hearing different perspectives may get you to jog your memory, your thoughts on how you should approach it, and ways maybe that you personally can resonate into it into that world because that's one thing i took from all of them is that they they all had it was their personal touch that made them gave yeah. them that unique 
differentiating factor in that world. It wasn't like they did something that was cookie cutter for you know for the world or that industry specifically itself. It's something about them that drove them into that world and made them so successful. So I think that's the takeaway: is understanding what's your what's your you know, what's your if factor? Your, what's your you? if factor? Your, your, yeah, your, yeah, your value prop. Like, what do you bring to the table? And I think listening to these people will maybe help you to think about some of the things that you bring that would be unique. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like listening to these people is not only about photography. Like, it's not. You could be in a different, you know, area or like phase in your life. And I guarantee you, something about any one of these amazing human beings will resonate, right? Like, yeah. it, it will resonate with you. Um, I think, yeah, like I I had a lot of, you know, takeaways from it. Um, but I think one of the ones that seemed to be a theme was just owning your shit, like down the road. Like you just have to own your shit. Like you're good, you're bad, how you deal with things, how you look at things, how to approach things. For me, that sums up just like owning your shit and then yep. just applying that. And I think that was for me the biggest takeaway again from that. Because sure. it's very easy to get lost in this world. It's very easy to not say no and to keep up with everything and you know stretch yourself for the wrong reasons. So um, yeah, I think that I would just say that like own your shit, like like they said in different ways. <laughs> Oh, you should. So oh, that was our photographer series. Uh, we're getting some stuff lined up for 2022 for you uh, with, uh, you know, some iconic segments within the industry. Uh, this year we did uh, photographers. We did um, stylists. Oh, no, we didn't do stylists. Uh, sorry, no, we had dressers, uh, hair artists, and, and that sort of thing. We'll, we'll go over that. We're actually going to do a recap series for the year. Uh, with that as well as the industry sorry i was thinking about next year some of the stuff we're working on and so so i got mixed Mm -hmm. up there Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna touch on all that in a recap series for the year we're gonna talk about some interesting industry uh moments from 2020 in that in that conversation and then some interesting you know conversations we had with some of our guests so stay tuned for that one it's coming up soon and other than that we'll uh, catch you next week this is hello what's your name your host, Sethi. And Rashi Styles on Elevated Traits. Until next time, guys. <laughs> See you then. Hey, everyone. This is Stylist Rashi Bindra. Do not forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, uh, all your streaming sites, uh, YouTube. We are also on Facebook. Just type in Elevated Traits and you can find us. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.